Hello, OG team. Goodman here, the one who's always making those eyes. But at whom and at what cost? I'm coming in at the top of the episode to give you a little update about OGT and my involvement in the short term. Regrettably, for the near future, I'll be appearing fortnightly on the podcast, with Salt continuing to release weekly, bringing in special guests whenever I'm not there. This is because I've hit a few mental health hurdles and, having recognised that, need to scale back a few commitments to make time for myself and to get better. The show is extremely important to me and this is why I need to take the time for myself, ultimately making sure we can go on making this wonderful and stupid thing we've built. Thanks for your patience and understanding. I know you'll love the sheer banquet of talented people who'll be taking my place. And watch this space. So, how could we make a thriller around NFTs? Hmm. Maybe there's a super rare NFT... Yeah. And it's been stolen somehow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't well, know you can it. steal things. Yeah. You can steal things. You can definitely still steal things in this modern world of crazy mm-hmm. currencies. Uh, and our heroes spend the whole movie trying to get it back, you know, running away from explosions and getting into gunfights and such. And in the end, they look at the NFT and they realize, oh, this is meaningless. And then cut to credits. <laughs> and then someone <laughs> says, oh, I just copied that onto my phone anyway. I just downloaded that. Oh, you had it all the whole time, yeah. Oh, this is the NFT that we had with us the whole time. It's easily Googleable, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, this is the original. Oh, I've just forged it. Now I have the original. Oh, well then. Well then. Bam, directed by McGee. I don't know. That's what I call it when I dig around in the sofa. I'm Paul Coyne, and as explained in the intro, Goodman shall be taking some personal health breaks, and will therefore be appearing in every other episode for a while. But don't worry, we're still going ahead to find the good things in all the bad movies every single week, for the rest of my life at the very least. And, yeah, we have a whole host of literally insane guest stars, starting with Stuart Watkinson. Hi, how you doing? I'm literally insane. <laughs> Tell us about you, Kinson. Uh, I'm well, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, it's good to be back on the show, watching another mm. excellent piece of cinema. Um, yep, it was Trojan Warriors last time, I believe. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I um, <laughs> I must say that I do reg- regret many of the things that I suggest on your show. Um, many do. I did caveat this suggestion with, mm. I'm never watching this film again. You did. I think that was at the point when Goodman uh, maybe, I mean, misled is a strong word to use, uh, which is why I'll use it. He misled you to think that we would be covering this sort of on our own. (laughs) (laughs) Yet here I am. So Here you um, are. (laughs) Here I am, having watched this lovely film again. Oh, oh boy. We're going to find out more about that in a bit. But yes, Stuart has decided to fund some very illicit activities with his e-wallet because he's recommended the 2019 crime drama cryptocurrency thriller Crypto. They're reassigning you to Elba, New York. That's where I grew up. What's up, man? What are you doing here? My name L officer. Anti-money laundering. What brings you in today? I need to talk to the owner. You're acting like you want to find something wrong. You're acting like I'm going to. 
no phone number, no email, just 10 million in cryptocurrencies. I had a client who was interested in that Starfaker farm with your daddy. He was offered seven figures. When I see things like this, I get pretty worried. You must know all kinds of things back there behind the curtain. Martin? We have a serious problem here. I'm pretty sure the Russian mafia is laundering money through the Omni branch here. Hey, man, you following me or something? Yes. Appropriately enough, I guess, there's not much info out there about this movie. Yeah, there really isn't, is there? There really isn't. The screenwriters, David Fregario and Carlisle Eubank, have written some movies I've never heard of, including The Signal and similar. I haven't heard of them either. Knowing that rings a bell. Nope. Uh, The director, John Stolberg Jr., made a movie called High School, starring Adrian Brody, Michael Chilks and Colin... Oh, Michael Chiklis, sorry. I was wondering, why did I make a point of running this guy's name? It's because I haven't learned how to pronounce Chiklis. Michael Chiklis from The Shield and Colin Hanks, which is interesting. Otherwise, not much info I can verify. Mm. Yes, it does seem yeah. as if there was probably quite a bit of money spent on this film. And since then... Yeah, it people, looks expensive. And people have been, well, we're not going to give you any more money to make things. Maybe. <laughs> we decided that was a bad idea. Uh, now, I don't like to quote IMDb trivia because it's an unattributed lawless wasteland and I wasn't able to fact check either of these two facts that are there, but they are quite funny, so I'm going to say them anyway. One of them reads, Months after release, many who contributed to the crowdfunding requested a refund. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. This was a crowdfunded film. A crowdfunded film that the sources decided, we're going to, we're going to, we decided that you haven't done what we paid you to do, which is make a movie. That is wild. What? It... Yeah, I, I really, I went out and looked for this thing's crowdfunding page. I couldn't find anything on Kickstarter. It very ambiguously uses the phrase crowdfunded as opposed mm. to any particular platform. But yeah, I couldn't find a, where this thing's project was. And surely it should still be up somewhere. You can usually see archived projects. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's weird. It may have been called something else whilst it was sort of being crowdfunded, like Die Hard 6 or something. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was re- the return of Snake Plissken. I don't know. Um, ah, yes. That made sense. <laughs> the depressing later years of Snake Plissken. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I turned that money down. Plissken, the retirement years. <laughs> I don't like my sons. Um, and the other piece of trivia on IMDb is it took Bo Knapp five months to grow out his manscaped beard to fit the character of Martin. The director what? admitted he was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are there are teenagers in my junior classes with better beards than that. <laughs> I probably would have at this stage. Being the owner of a twatty beard myself, I might have suggested um, going bald on this one if it's not going to be plausible. Because, yeah, but I also just love that history decided to record the fact that the director didn't like his beard very much. (laughs) (laughs) We shall preserve this for the ages. Thanks, IMDb. Ah, reviewers, meanwhile, didn't know anything about art. Danny Brogan at Common Sense Media says, Slow cryptocurrency crime drama has some graphic violence. Oh, that's quite the review. Yeah. (laughs) I guess it's Common Sense Media for you. It's slow, it's cryptocurrency bit of violence so almost like it shifts halfway through oh maybe i will watch this uh that i mean that that isn't in line with my notes here there is definitely a a shift in how my notes work and we will get to that later 
I'm looking forward to that. Oh, God. Uh, public, meanwhile. Yeah, similar. Uh, Franklin M. Fontag on Google says, I love how simple events unfolded in this movie. The mistake I think the writers made was making this movie to pick 99 plus percent bad side of cryptocurrency. The movie did not appreciate the innovativeness, innovative brackets-ness of the blockchain de- technology. The audience, especially those not familiar with crypto, might see it as evil, uh, which it is not supposed to be. Oh, you sweet summer child. Um, that's interesting. I kind of felt like crypto saved the day in this. Um, well, so it seems. <laughs> like the end of the film is definitely crypto saving the Ambiguous. day. Ambiguous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, Stuart. Uh, are you into cryptocurrency? Yeah. Yes, sure. <laughs> are you actually in real life? No, no. I'm <laughs> okay. really not. Oh, cool. But- because, yeah, just to put my cards on the table, it's probably at best a Ponzi scheme dependent on the bigger fool fallacy that's already running out of fools, totally ill-equipped to be a reliable currency or investment opportunity, or at worst a deeply cynical attempt to undermine the already fragile social structures that we have to try and replace the current 1% of wealth holders with a slightly different 1% of wealth holders, with everyone else scrabbling for scraps and losing rights along the way. And it's also an environmental disaster. Um... So yeah, just to put cards on the table. I'm glad I got to say that. Here's my response if you'd sa- said yes. Oh, cool. Uh, no, no, I definitely... <laughs> sorry, I'm, I love that response. That uh, that really <laughs> hits the nail on the head of my feelings about crypto and NFTs. <laughs> it's a scary business, but luckily it seems to have already failed. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, there are some people who feel very strongly about this. So we've got also Marcy uh, Wojciech, I want to say, on Google, who said, The messages found in the images and scenes of the movie speak volumes towards trying to explain or provide hints at how a non-regulated cryptocurrency could be used by criminals to fund a wide range of illegal and nefarious activities. Okay, that sounds okay. For example, in the scene where Marty follows Earl into his backroom mining operation, to the left of Marty are stacks of Corona Extra... Following that is the scene where Marty gets into his car and the shine suns through the windshield, highlighting his face in such a way as it looks like he's wearing a medical mask covering the lower half of his face, as if to hint that criminal elements could offer governments a backdoor bioweapon like COVID-19 caused by a coronavirus, corona, and fund the whole thing through cryptocurrency. What? This came out in 2019. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so good. I, Damn, that's I, close I don't reading. know if this can be on one uh, one good thing anymore because <laughs> we just didn't get it. <laughs> oh, shit. The clues were there right from the beginning. He's like Kubrick. you got to check those details. <laughs> I mean, that is some weapon-grade nonsense, but you've got to give him credit for close read of the text. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if that was a... Um, if I was marking <laughs> that as a student's uh, film analysis, I'd be like, huh, that's a pretty interesting point you've made there. Oh, that's a compelling um, argument. However, <laughs> this is not a, uh, a junior film assignment, um, so I'm, I'm not. This is very bad maths homework. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now a quick update on people who have appeared in more than one of our films. A foreman has managed to slip by our notice because we've got Rosemary Howard, who has appeared in four films that we've covered. Now, let me tell you the saga of Rosemary Howard. She first appears on this podcast as Pedicab Pedestrian in New Year's Eve. She's well suited to this. She's played uncredited pedestrians in 26 movies in her filmography. She's a pro. No surprise then that she shows up in Amazing Spider-Man 2 as uncredited pedestrian, well within her wheelhouse, but 
in M. Night Shyamalan's bizarre superhero movie Glass, she plays the brief but important role of Penelope Crum, James McAvoy's mum. It rhymes because it's true. (laughs) But why hire a professional pedestrian for that role? Because she walks out on him. (laughs) She's the ultimate pedestrian. Excellent. (laughs) And then she caps it off, so far it seems, by appearing in Crypto as uncredited bank clerk. So maybe she's packed in the walking. It's a young man's game. Yeah, she she now stands behind the the, the teller. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna make a new career standing. Oh wow! I did you know? Yeah. To be honest, never noticed her. Um, no. <laughs> she maybe that's been... the beauty of it. She can just blend yeah. into any scene. There is actually, you know what? I hope we're in the scene where he gets back to the bank and everybody's looking appalled because his uh, the person who replaced is dead. <laughs> Everybody's looking at him like with this open-mouthed horror, and there is one woman on the far right of screen who's really leaning into it. I yeah, hope it's her. I do have that. I've just written uh, Janice died scene at the bank. I I, they were, I couldn't <laughs> understand their hatred towards him. I was like, why do they hate that guy? Like, <laughs> from their perspective, he hasn't done anything. <laughs> I just can't get over how awful his facial hair looks. I know she's dead, but God, that guy looks like a twat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Crypto has 5.2 on IMDb, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, 65% on Google. This platform is madness. And I have absolutely no info on the budget. But come on. Have you ever heard of it, sweet listener? Speaking of which, so, so Stuart, what's one thing about crypto that made you want to invest heavily in whatever? By which I mean, good Lord, how did you see this? And um, yeah, tell us the story. Okay, so this was a... Uh, a Friday night in, uh, probably about, it must have been last year, mm. and uh, had my in-laws over and it's always a, a challenge to uh, to get uh, a film that fits everybody um, mm. and this sort of, we thought this might have been an interesting crime drama um, oh. and it wasn't. Uh, so we <laughs> we watched it from start to finish and everyone was Good bored. Good and there is a bit of a twist at the end of this film that no one saw coming and was not interesting. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just we lucked out. And I, I, I kind of – it's one of those bad, bad films that's just generally bad and there's not – Yeah. It's a big challenge. It, it is, really yeah, is. It's a real – It's I, I, <laughs> while watching it, I was like, why is this about crypto? And – yeah. Why Why does crypto have anything to do with this? It's so easy to lift crypto out is the crazy thing about it. It can just yeah. be about corrupt banks. Yeah. And, and in actual fact, like, the bank, like, if they're dealing in crypto, like, mm. why is the bank involved at all? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. It's so weird. It's yeah, like, like crypto I- is even sold within the premise of the movie as being this ultimate way of escaping the banks. And then the banks just use it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't so get it. Weird. Like, I get. I mean, I get that it's it's about laundering, and then they put their money in the bank. But that, <laughs> like, they ha- it, It's actually a pretty good business model that the criminals had. You know, they. And, and I don't think. I actually don't think that um, the gangster of auditing could um, <laughs> actually <laughs> figure that out. Like, I don't know how no. he would figure that out. God, anyway. how did it did it just come up in your like Amazon Prime recommended 
sort of stream. I think at the time it was on Netflix. And, uh, oh, right. And it was – we had been watching uh, a range of crime stuff, mm. you know, as we do. And, and it was uh, recommended. Yeah. yeah we, we, it wasn't recommended. Yeah. I don't know. We just uh, <laughs> gave it a whirl and it was unfortunate. <laughs> and I think probably, you know, Kurt Russell sold me, you know. I, oh, I'm God. Like, Every you review know, I read on Amazon was Kurt Russell's here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that was probably... I'm like, oh, yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah, sure. I'll watch a Kurt Russell film. Yeah. Um, Such which a Which was, in general, disappointing because Kurt Russell's usually so interesting. Um, He's usually at least doing things. <laughs> like, this is a real sleepy Bruce Willis-style performance you get from Kurt Russell here. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel as if he needed a new pool or something, you know. He was like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, I hope they pool. at least gave him enough to get a pool. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wonder how, like, I'd love to know how much he got paid. Like, he's he's yeah. in the film quite a bit. Like, he's probably in six scenes or something. And he's in, he's in yeah. the pinnacle scenes as well. That's um, true. I think it, but it all adds up. It's one location. Well, two locations, but one they might not be too far away from each other. I reckon you could film this. In a de- in a couple days, yeah. Of work. I think you could. I mean, yeah, that's true. There, like, even the the quote unquote action scenes, uh, scene <laughs> is yeah. There wasn't a lot of technical <laughs> stuff happening there. You know, like. <laughs> no. Oh God. Well, let's let's talk about what happens in this here movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we the movie starts with fifty production logos, which is always a good sign. Mm. Um. And that precedes a sexy electronic beat. Oh, this is going to be like Drive, I bet. <laughs> I have much to say about the music. <laughs> and we have met. We meet our lead guy, who I think is a Tony Kebble style guy. You know, Tony Kebble. He's uh, an English actor who's been in some things, and he looks an awful lot like this guy. No. Um, oh, he's uh, he's waiting in a car park for discount Gerard Butler, who is actually I'll have a better name for him later, and Skinny Meatloaf, which is exactly who that is. <laughs> I do have a note about that scene when he's driving in, and the way mm. he looks. Yeah, the, the he is amazing. He's like, he looks like a villain, <laughs> like <laughs> hanging over the 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 driving uh, the steering wheel. Yes, Head. he's got a very menacing way of driving about a small car park. <laughs> And, yeah, he's here to collect his dad, actual Kurt Russell, somehow. It's a miracle. Um, Only, obviously, this is the end of the story. How did I get myself into this wacky situation? Well, for that, we've got to go back a week. Oh, I love that. Everyone loves that. Everyone loves that, yeah. Thanks for starting (laughs) in the action. Now we know where it's going to happen. Now (laughs) I'm ready. to get there. Uh, So, yeah, luckily we've got a good hour and a half of um, boring banking stuff to do first so kebble works for a fancy bank called omnicorp mm-hmm. just subtle subtle reference to a significantly better film perhaps the um what's it called in robocop omni mm-hmm. omni consumer products that's what yeah. it's called. I, I like to think it's a reference and yeah they want him to be less scrupulous whilst they're anal- he's analyzing their investment prospects but he wants to be more scrupulous so it's a, it's a log. They're at loggerheads. It's a very strange argument that they have there, and <laughs> I just want to say that Martin 
persona of like mm. the gangster of of uh-huh. of banking. Like I don't oh, I like yes. stro- he's like he's like such a a badass gangster right from the start, which <laughs> doesn't make sense for the guy that crunches numbers all the time. He is so on edge. At yeah. all times, I do get the impression that this guy might get rough. What I want to know is what exactly was going through your head when you filed this report and made it impossible for a company with revenue exceeding $7 billion to do business with us. No jargon! Too many blind alleys. I was seeing payments coming from and going into encrypted accounts. I mean, I could show you in the report. There is a and scene a where very... he almost does as well. Yeah, it's an interesting energy to give this man. Uh, nevertheless, Mr. Potter, the owner of the bank, wants him fired. But the Demi Moore-like, um, Demi Less, let's call her, uh, talks him into a transfer to his hometown of Elba. Oh, that's a cute little Napoleon reference. Oh yeah, you can spell that out, in case anyone didn't get it. Yeah. He meets with his old friend, who I think looks like Childish Gambino. That's not me being racist, I think he does look like him. Yeah, he does. He does genuinely look a bit like Childish. Yeah, he does. And he's even got, the, when he's got the... <laughs> The beard in uh, oh, yeah. that other, what's that really good show that he's in? At- oh, Atlanta. 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 Yeah. 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 Looks very Definitely. similar to that. He's got yeah. that going. And he runs a convenience store, but he's also super into crypto. And uh, that was so painful, their, their meeting again. <laughs> yes. Well, your electric bill's got to be insane. Oh, man, it's all good. Only 10% of whatever I'm mining. Plus the crypto day trading, I average like 500 a day. You heard about the truck coin? Oh, to be honest. I only understand about 5% of what you're talking about. Seriously? Dang, man, you better brush up. This shit is the future of money. Um, he makes it to his new office and meets Michael Stuhlberg, I think. The Michael Stuhlberg alike. And is shown a room full of boxes to work on. And oh god, I just remembered the 2016 film The Accountant starring Ben Affleck exists. And now I've forgotten it forever again. Good, okay. Um, he has an awkward interaction with some dude named Drew, who looks likely to be the bad guy to me. Right at this stage, he doesn't, but he's a he's a big guy. He's a built guy in glasses, so for me, he that's is. A red he flag. is particularly jacked for a nerdy guy Isn't working he? at a bank. That's what I thought. I, I wrote that down as well. <laughs> Much taller than our lead, kind of built. He looks substantial, <laughs> like a substantial banking man. Yeah, he does ten minutes of work and then goes out and gets confronted by his brother Chris Pine. Smoking aces era Chris Pine, and uh, he's got <laughs> Wagner as a ringtone, which is another red flag. And he pack, bags he him can. out. Hasn't seen him in ten years. Pays him out about his mug. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to catch up on there, but he has more characters to introduce first. There's an inexplicably large number of characters in this. We've also got to meet his love interest, who looks like Aowen, and her eccentric boss, who's so kooky and in keeping with She's the tone wild. of the movie so yeah. far. One doesn't try to appreciate art. An alpinist doesn't try to summit. That's all there is. The climax is in realization. You either reach the climax or you don't. Wouldn't you say? I guess so. She's into art in this tiny, tiny, shitty town that no one cares about. Like, I don't understand this town. (laughs) Yeah, this town is nonsense. (laughs) Just a very expensive art gallery in the middle of this town. Yeah, in this potato farming region. Um. <laughs> there's a lot of call for high art it makes perfect sense as a laundering operation spoilers <laughs> exactly um and i also just love the idea of just picking Jul- julianne moore's character from the big lebowski and just plucking her into the middle of this espionage thriller why not yeah yeah <laughs> oh god yeah there's also an accountant that the eccentric boss is sleeping with which is so kooky of her to be doing 
and he looks a lot like Pete Campbell from Mad Men, uh, because unlike most of my other nicknames, that's actually Pete Campbell from Mad Men. <laughs> oh, <is it? laughs> I didn't even realise that. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a fancy new beard that disguises his um, uh, sort of natural ability to portray douchebags. Yeah, and he is an exceptional douchebag in this as well. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, Pete Campbell and Kurt Russell are the only people who actually are who I say they are. Everything else is lies. Lies of mine. Uh, but oh no, sinister music. He has a Russian mobile, so he must be evil. Yeah, the, that, sinister mu- the sinister music is a common recurring theme in this. And I have a theory <laughs> about that that we'll get to a bit later. And basically, it's just it's smeared over everything, so everything is slightly evil. It's the music is very much like a razor too close to the mic. <laughs> you gotta love it. But yeah, Kebble goes to meet to the David Lynch themed uh, bar that they have in this town. I don't understand this place. No. Um, and he, he has a tussle with a local. Where's this going? Any of this? Oh yeah, fuck cryptocurrency. It's about that. So yeah. he Googles Bitcoin and there's just a hilarious headline. A headline that reads, Banks are buying up Bitcoin for various reasons. <laughs> oh boy. I gotta click on this. <laughs> various reasons yeah oh, yeah i i the 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 um the research scenes in this are always a little weird and lackluster you know what's bitcoin <laughs> he just googles bitcoin he seems to be able to log into bitcoin. anything through his bank as well <laughs> it reminds me of the bit in 50 shades of gray where um she googles uh what a butt plug is and it's like what do you think it is <laughs> have a guess <laughs> I guess Happiness. where that guy's going. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, the assistant comes in. This is such a minor point, but I wrote it down because it drives me mad. Hey, man, it's Friday, so we order. We always order from a local food place. Oh, great! I'll have a. Oh no, I already bought you food. Here you go. Oh. Yeah, and he's like, I don't eat fries. It's like seriously, man. It's Friday. Have a fucking chip. All right. <laughs> we get it. You're in. You're into auditing, and you love mo- like money, and and you. Re- <laughs> but you just need to chill out and have a fry. Okay. Chill out and have a fry is exactly what my mantra is all about. But uh, he can't chill out now because there's trouble. The bank is foreclosing on his dang Kurt Russell dad. So he finally goes over there after years of not seeing him to enjoy all three of Kurt Russell's lines. I'm going to help? If I can. And what happened to the crops? Cool snap. Like, most of it died, so... You here to help? Also, the farm is all dried up. Must be crypto. Crypto. Oh, it's been here. Crypto's been here. So he meets up with Manish Cambino, uh, who tries to preach a bit about crypto in a bar. Uh, His name is, I've decided to call him Exposition Earl. Exposition Earl is very good. He just pops in and is like, yeah, so crypto does this and this, and this is why I'm using it. We should all do it together. (laughs) I have some notes here of scenes that start, and I think, oh, this might be important, and then it's not. Uh, For example, Eowyn shows up to sing House of the Rising Sun out of focus. It's quite an act, the way she can do that on stage. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and the big guy shows up and is mad again, so he tussles him out of the bar. You really would think that he's going to pay off in some way, but he's absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, and that's even broken up by uh, Eowyn, uh, which is fun. (laughs) Um, The car park scene in general, she gets out there really quickly, which was Mm. really strange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe suspicious. She's keeping an eye on him. 
There's more to her than shy. Oh, and there's also a creepy Russian type guy watching them. So maybe that'll be something. Yeah. What happens to that guy? The blonde one. Is that the same guy? Does he show up later? Because Meatloaf is doing most of the actual killing in a minute. The blonde guy looks like a diehard villain. I don't remember him showing up again. It's Pete Campbell and Meatloaf in the end. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's just maybe he's just an unrelated uh, tourist. It's just some. <laughs> yeah. Some guy. <laughs> just having just a time. Look, looks like a criminal. There's just genuinely Ooh. rough people getting around Elba, New York. <laughs> this is a rough town. I don't know how it works. Maybe he came to see the art gallery. He's not. He's not a proper potato farming type. But yes, he goes and meets with his predecessor, which isn't very helpful. And then Skinny Meatloaf shows up and murders her with a dodgy IV. I actually really like that scene. <laughs> mm. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna have that as a good thing too. Um, yeah. But it is starting the established uh, rhythm of this movie, which is yes. that our main character goes to visit someone, leaves, and then seconds later, the person is killed by someone. Minute, like literally <laughs> within minutes, <laughs> the other person is dead. Yeah, passes him on the way out. Right? Oh, hey. It's weird that you're here again. <laughs> but yes, uh, Kibble finds out that uh, they were offered a, uh, that his family is being foreclosed upon. They were offered a big payment, but turned it down because he's salt of the earth type, not like these city folk coming in here with their art galleries. Yeah, that scene was particularly uncomfortable. It is. Then we have the scene of him arriving back at the bank and everyone knowing that uh, uh, knowing that the his predecessor has died, and so they all just sort of stare at him. And some guy says, "We think it was an assisted suicide." Why do you think that? Yeah. And why would this bank auditor know about that? (laughs) Why would this have gotten out already? This weird, small, three billboards-esque town. Oh, God. But yeah, assisted suicide without consent. I think there's a shorter, pithier word for that. (laughs) He goes into his office and uh, Exposition Earl is there and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I I was sat in front of you. (laughs) He later says, I'm a ghost in all this. Yeah, so it seems... Major I love that they, they, they click on the, the as he's revealing this information. He's like, mm. click on the about page. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes they're helpful. They're there for a reason. <laughs> Check help. Oh man. <laughs> oh god, help! I'm in the middle of a uh, clippy. Pops up. It looks like you're in the middle of some sort of espionage plot. Would you like me to help draft a suicide note? Oh, Clippy was in on it. Hate it. Uh, so yeah, the bank is dodgy, doing dodgy business, and money laundering using Bitcoin. Let's hope that Elon Musk doesn't tweet something during the transfer and completely destroy the value of their illegal money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sold so much cocaine for all this money. <laughs> Stupid Elon. Uh, also, there's Russian gangsters everywhere. So he has another kooky encounter with the gallery owner and then leaves. <laughs> you know what happens next? <laughs> Yep. It's like a really boring hot fuss. Um, yeah, he go- <laughs> he goes and reconciles with his family and does a day a- an honest day's work for once. I and, yeah. uh, goes and goes and it, I I've referred to that as the potato montage. <laughs> Frilling potato montage, a very mm. bellatar. Mm. Uh, yes, and then he leaves his dad. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen there. Uh, he goes off and uh, yeah, whilst he's away, Manish Gambino gets killed. Uh, exposition early, we should say. He gets murdered in a big fire. A lot of conspicuous deaths in this small town. Mm. Probably another added element of risk of trying to run your uh, money laundering scheme in a small town, just in case you have to kill everyone and everyone knows each other. Yeah. So much easier in New York when no one cares. 
oh god, he finds evidence that Art Lady is dead, um, which is a hole in his pillow, but it's like two small holes on the same side. Yeah. So it implies that she was like shot through with that because we saw him over her earlier. But the, didn't he? The bad guy. Didn't she die from an overdose? Yeah. What were the holes? Oh, that oh, was God. was that his bedroom, and they tried to shoot his bed. Oh, okay. But I don't know that why they sense. shot the pillow. Like I don't understand. <laughs> really bad shot. Or they it's shot inf- her. Or that's, that's why they her used so many drugs. And they poisoned her and then shot her. I don't know. Yeah, that I don't makes know sense. What happened there? If it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. <laughs> so yeah, we're back at the beginning of the movie because yeah, the dad's been kidnapped. And wow, has it really only been an hour and twenty eight minutes and twenty one seconds already? Well, let's get back into it then. So blindingly quick. (laughs) So the guy I initially described as Gerard Butler is actually Pete Campbell, which is a hilarious mix-up to have made. Now I think about it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Pete Campbell's here, and he's involved in the sinister gang trade-off in the middle of the day in the middle of a neighborhood where there is visible background traffic beyond the tree line. (laughs) Any last words? Beep beep. So yeah, he calls through the secret code. Oh, he's got a plan. He gets his phone out and dials a number, and his brother's phone rings, and he's six feet away and could probably have easily heard all of the context of this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) He could have just said, come out now. (laughs) He could have just jumped up at the best time and surprised him, but no. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing he's here, though, because they have a standoff for a few seconds, and then the FBI show up. So, very important that the brother was there to do that. Yes. Well, he it, that that needed they needed to do that because they'd set up his backstory of being, of in, course, in a war, and so then he <laughs> then had guns, and PTSD. So that's what they needed him to <laughs> guns and PTSD a winning combo. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Aowen is uh, the head of the FBI. Uh, well, she's an FBI agent and she's been monitoring the situation the whole time. And yeah, they bust up the whole operation and. Yeah, oh man, they really shouldn't have done this um, handoff uh, right outside of their evil HQ. It was very short-sighted of them, literally. Yeah, that was not <laughs> that was not a great plan, no. <laughs> we should have met in the Asda car park. <laughs> uh, all the bad guys get arrested and they trace it back to his boss, Demi Less. And they have one last mem- mumbly conversation and then he goes back to the bank to explain how the bank used cryptocurrency to do a bunch of illegal stuff. And And then she gets arrested. She gets arrested and she says to her, uh, he says to her, you know what happened to Napoleon when he escaped Elba? He recaptured France. Yeah, for four months. They got sent to a bigger, a, a different bigger island. <laughs> it's, uh, that's the story, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed that you, you, you left out the big reveal where... Oh? Um, what did you call her before? What's his girlfriend's name? Oh, what did I call her? Eowyn. Eowyn. And what's she from? Yeah. She's from that show, Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl? Oh, everybody's from Gossip Girl. Literally every movie I go and see, my friend Katie says, oh, they're from Gossip Girl. And I've never seen No, it's seen not Gossip it. Girl. It's, it's a massive TV show from the early 2000s. Yeah, I'll see if I can find out. Anyway, I, we should, I should know this. My girlfriend, my wife, sorry. My wife loves this. <laughs> Alexis Bledel. Uh, Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. That's the other one. So the Gilmore girl reveals that she, no, he figures out that she's in the FBI. And the way, did you did you catch how he figured that out? How did he figure it out? She said that she'd been living there for two years. 
but he checked her bank records and she only made a uh, bank account six months ago. Uh, so you're obviously FBI. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I thought she was so familiar all the way through that. She played Becky in Sin City in 2005. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I know her. She's got a really distinctive chin and eyes. There it is. There it is. There Actually, it is. you know what? Seeing she was from Gilmore Girls, that's probably the main reason Main reason we picked this <laughs> film to watch because my wife would have been like, oh, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> she was also in a f- couple of episodes of Mad Men, so that's probably how she got the Pete Campbell involved. Ah. There you go. Um, but yes, he also went back to the farm afterwards. Um, yeah, having learnt the lesson that cryptocurrencies don't represent a new world order, merely a tool for the super rich to use to evade responsibility and invest in dodgy stuff. There's nothing new in it. And oh, he's running the crypto mine now. Okay. Yeah. I hope Kurt Russell likes energy bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like uh, yeah. twelve rigs in there running graphics cards. Yeah, and a, and a, and was in a um, a cool room as well. So like, as yeah. long as you're happy with an industrial fridge running the whole time, that's cool. <laughs> Fantastic, the frolling world of cryptocurrency. So, yeah, what did you make of it this time round? Has the second viewing any kinder? <laughs> uh, no, the second it wasn't. Simply okay. put. Uh, <laughs> I did come up with a lot more questions and I I was Mm. a lot more curious about a few things, such as the town. So what Uh the fuck is going on in Elba? (laughs) What the fuck is going on in Elba? It's ridiculous. So there's nearby there is potato farmers. Okay, We've got this major bank that requires (laughs) someone to go and audit it. Yes. (laughs) like I don't know what banks are like. Maybe banks in the states are different, but like I, I live in a pretty small town, uh, yeah. and most of the banks have about three or four employees, not <laughs> seventeen that this bank yeah. has. Um, <laughs> there's an there's the west side of town that has an art gallery and is all swanky and cool. Yeah, and then there's also the gin alley, gin. Yeah, mill, kind of dodgy drinking call. area. Um, and there's Russian gangsters, so I just don't know what is going mm. on in the town as such. It was very yeah. confusing, and everyone hates it. So like, yeah, um, buff nerdy guy, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, this town's so boring. You've probably forgotten everything." Oh. Yeah, and yeah. Earl is like, "I can't believe you left. I mean, I, I, you left. Of course you left. You hated this place." Yeah. So it's obviously a horrible place that has millions yes. of dollars running through it. So I don't understand that. Um, <laughs> Agreed. The family scenario, I oh god, I just encapsulated it as no son of mine is going to make smart <laughs> business moves. Like and then <laughs> they just hate He's him. So angry it. at his son for all attempts to try and financially help him. Yeah, it's, it's anything. Really weird. It's like I mean, I don't quite get the idea of the financial safe of we've got to get a silent partner. Oh yeah, I'm sure someone's going to be interested in this potato farm. <laughs> <laughs> be able to come in as a stealth investor. <laughs> Really raise the portfolio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you see it on the board, like the Nasdaq of just you know Bill's Potato Farm up oh. three points. <laughs> How much is it? How much is it worth? A minus eighty thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Oh hmm. shit! You wouldn't think that'd be possible for a potato farm. Well, yeah. you know, we had a lot of different did, stuff going. Did they on. explain why they wanted to? Someone was going to pay a million dollars yeah. for the land. I have no idea. That whole aspect of it was very strange. Yeah, they just it said was, that um, some they had an offer to get bought out. Yeah, maybe it was to 
I get some sort of leniency on this guy they had hired, but then also yeah. why hire the guy in the first place? And why send this maverick? Like, whose decision was to, was it to send him to Elba? Because the bank wanted to fire him. And so it was Demi Moore who convinces the bank, no, don't fire him. Send him to this tiny farm where I am running an illegal fit operation. And the reason that you want to fire him is that he's too scrupulous. Like, yes. and, why send him there? She's, she's okay with it, him being scrupulous. And uh-huh. they're not. And she's the dodgy one. Yeah, twist. Yeah, you get the impression yeah. it was maybe written like that. Like, wouldn't it be a surprise if? Well, it doesn't make much sense. No, but wouldn't it be a big twist? Um, so they're the kind of questions that I had about <laughs> this film. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Look, it was, it just seems like the music too. The music killed me. Like it's <laughs> this, I do have, like, it's like this brooding, edgy, seething yeah. You know, and it just it reminds me of top. all the teenagers that I think that crypto is cool. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the thing. Well, that's the thing. I quite like the score by Nima for, uh, for Carrara, but it was so inappropriate for this. Yeah. It was so sort of, you know, edgy crime filler. It should have been doing like a Safdie Brothers film. Like Good Time should have had a score, but this kind of score. And it's like, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the score to Good Time, but this is like a score to that kind of movie, an intense thriller not, mm. you know, a movie where largely he spends much of his time staring at screens looking confused. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've written bank bank audits are crazy intense because like, <laughs> there are some scenes where he's just checking figures and it's like, it's like so over the top. Um, it's insane. It's really strange the way in which they try to create drama around this premise because my God, it is a, Dull, dull movie. It recalled quite readily the um, Keanu Reeves movie Siberia, which we covered a couple of years ago, which was another case of a sort of Hollywood A-list of sleepwalking for a movie. That had Keanu Reeves go out to uh, the middle of Siberia in order to do something with diamonds. And there's a crime thriller plot going on, but the movie spends quite a bit of time on boring, conventional other movie stuff. And here we've got his relationship with his family, which is the family dynamic from every movie ever of just he's got tension with the family back home because he went to the city to make something of himself. Yeah, like I get really... why a bunch of film directors would have scenarios like that in their personal lives, but it's very played. It's hardly like I imagine if you left to go and fulfill your dreams as a filmmaker and you were a siphon on your family for money because you weren't <laughs> successful. Yeah. You know, and there's you've got this conflict at home, cool. But if you've gone and made it as a Wall Street banker, um yeah. it's very different, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And this did have actually the feel of a what's his name? James Wen style movie where he's actually had a bit or Neil Breen as well. Where only not ridiculous or fun like that, I must say. Please don't go into this expecting that kind of incompetence. But one tiny aspect of those men's brilliance makes it through here. And as much as they look like they are... It feels like it was made by someone who has achieved a certain amount of success in one sector and thinks that that will easily translate to another, i.e. filmmaking. Um, Because there's an awful lot of insider stuff and a fair amount of sort of, you know, baseball talk about finance. Although not much, not as much as you'd expect. 
Certainly, there's the, no insight. There's 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 elements where they do dive into the the finance, like like the thing where he's like, well, you get a silent partner for, yeah. But even the crypto talk is is it seems really surface level. It does, for, like it's just like a quirk. Yeah, you know, it's a character quirk for Exposition Earl. Yeah, you know, not the point of the movie. And it's the yeah, title it's just of not the movie. used in that in a way that seems. Um, it's just not really used. No, <laughs> it's not. not really, like, it, it was, I also thought it was particularly strange that the um, that the, vendor, the ATM, you could use yeah. crypto at the ATM, you know? Yes, because my understanding is that a lot of crypto bros would go around and ask um, shop vendors if they could put a sticker that says crypto accepted here in the window, uh, and then they would... And crypto would not be accepted there. It was just like a way of publicizing the brand. And they would be safe in the knowledge that no prick is walking into a 7-Eleven to try and buy his, you know, marshmallows with Bitcoin. That's just <laughs> never going to happen. So you could just put the sticker there. Like the idea that this guy has an ATM that exclusively runs off of crypto because she can't get money out of it. It's too yeah, complicated it's... for this FBI agent to get money out of her bank card at this machine. It is very unusual and strange that that is a thing. <laughs> it doesn't say anything about crypto except mm. for I do have some a few things mm. that it seems like this film is saying that crypto will save the day. Yeah. Even though it's not really... Even though it causes or facilitates a lot of the problems they're having, it's really strange. It's really strange. It also is like toxic masculinity is perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, like you can just be aggressive and shitty and yeah. Like the 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 brother being the hero at the end of the day. It's like it's so I mean, weird. He's so set up as a villain. Sure. God. And I also mm. thought that. The the initial scene where she uh, where him goes into the into the art gallery and she has she, he, she's talking to him about mm. art and what he thinks and he's like yeah I don't know I guess we're and she's yeah. sort of talking about how art either is or it isn't you know you either get that feeling yeah. or you don't get that feeling yeah and then she like turns it towards sex and it's like you either. Yeah. yeah, you either get climax. there or you don't. You know, yeah. you either cli- you either reach the climax or you don't, and then it doesn't really matter if you don't reach the climax. Yeah, it's also an excellent <laughs> analogy for this film. It is <laughs> just all foreplay with all this <laughs> oh, shitty God. lead up, and then the cli- like yeah. even the climax is like you're like oh, oh. <laughs> I guess okay. they won. The it's- FBI were there the whole time. Cool. Yeah, it's so frustrating. And it's very curious because you have a line where Exposition Earl says something to the effect of um, you're trying to... Because the guy points out, well, don't they use crypto for a lot of, you know, dodgy stuff and crimes and things? And it says the guy says, yeah, there's that aspect to it, but you're trying to enforce a morality onto the thing that's not supposed to be there. And then the character who says that gets murdered violently by Russian gangsters (laughs) using cryptocurrency to fund their operations. So clearly there's meant to be a morality thing there. But then what is meant by the sort of swelling happy music as it reveals that he's got his own crypto farm? Like Yeah. And well even like if if he's got that moral edge, how come he Mm. finds out about all this crime and doesn't go to authorities? Well exactly. 
like when he starts freaking out and like and he's like, oh god, you know, like I'm gonna. He's like, I'll call my boss. I'm like, call your boss, man. This is <laughs> Russian mafia. Call the cops. Call yeah, like call the, the police. Like, what are you doing, man? They've got nothing on you at this point. Just call the police. You've not done anything. Yeah, you, wrong. yeah. You literally have done nothing illegal. Yeah, like just you've to... you've just uncovered something, and that's fine. You're actually allowed to do that. It's exactly your job, actually. Oh God, <laughs> it's exactly it, uh, and that's you know, that's yeah. I, I I've just uh, uh, the amount of times I've written that banking is intense, banking yeah. is exciting, uh, <laughs> gangster of auditing, like. He gets, like, when he finds out that the the bank's foreclosing on his dad's farm, mm. he like gets like super heavy on the nerdy guy. Yeah, and he's like pushing him around and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> I don't understand yeah. where what what you, this character is. No, it's bizarre. This was a really really challenging pick for one could think because you know it's yeah. it's it's very different from Trojan Warrior, which was a very much kind of to your taste kind of take it or leave it kind of thing which actually when i think back on it now i'm quite quite affectionate towards when i think of some of the more eccentric and goofy moments from that movie yeah it 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 does stand out this one is like a gray wall and we've been set the task of saying our favorite bits of the gray wall it's very challenging (laughs) (laughs) yeah nevertheless i was really i was really stuck um, yeah, <laughs> uh, with a finding one good thing, but e- even when like thinking about the quick fire, yeah. you know, like I was like, man, there's just not a lot. It's and it's <laughs> unusual that a, a film that has, you know, like it's only got five point mm. six or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's unusual that something that low would have, or that m- mediocre would not have a few elements that are really interesting. And, exactly. and it makes me wonder if how many of the votes that it gets, positive votes that it gets are just people that like crypto. Like I found this film on a list of mm. top 10 films about crypto and it's the only <laughs> actual film and the rest are documentaries. <laughs> I, that wouldn't surprise me. Looking at the Google reviews, it's a lot of mindless, very repetitive kind of positive comments that make me wonder, mm. first of all, if the production team have left them or, um, yeah, secondly, just crypto bros looking for legitimacy. It's yeah. um, very odd. Nevertheless, we have found some good things, so I suggest mm. we quickfire. Excellent. Quickfire. Dude in the van at the start. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Like, as he's yeah. driving around, I just saw him, like, he's, like, hunched over and he's looking yep. over his shoulder. He just looks like a cartoon character of, yeah. of a villain. He's so good. He's so obviously, yeah, dastardly is what he is. It's dastardly. It's very good. um yeah when when he is threatened with the possibility of returning to elba we get some quick cuts between the uh, conversation happening and what he remembers of home just sort of little flashes of what life is like out there and i enjoyed that it was probably the most adventurous editing in the entire film Yeah. yeah yeah um the usb thing uh Mm. at the start there just this is not necessarily that a good thing about the film, but it just reminded me of trying to get work from students. <laughs> God, that must be challenging now because in spite of... I remember when I was a kid bringing in an Excel spreadsheet for my IT teacher. This is the year 2000 on like five floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I, I've, I've... With my senior classes, I've banned USBs. They have to do it all digitally now because USBs right. 
I just not a thing. But it's wet very funny to me that that there's yeah. this whole thing hinges on a USB. I'm like, you guys are using crypto, man. Surely, like, you're not. <laughs> a literal information sharing technology. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the blockchain, fools. Mm. Uh, very strange. Um, I love the very Lynchian image of a woman singing karaoke with her dog. Like, it just <laughs> yeah, that it one snaps too. on. It's like, it's no warning, it's just there. And it's like, Jesus, okay. In your eyes, when you know she's waiting for you. Um, what a yeah, town. I loved that. That was very funny. The uh, <laughs> There was a shot of Niagara River when they were Ooh. sort of setting up the criminal element, um, uh-huh. which I thought was really cool. It's like a boat coming up the river and it sort of pans uh, around the side of the boat. Um, that was a very, very cool shot that I cool shot. perked up at. <laughs> a bit of cinema to wake you up. Yeah. Um, right, it's Paul's Burger Corner. Basically, whenever a burger arrives in a movie, I have I feel the need to review it. We don't get to see the actual burger. However, when our, when our guy opens up his polystyrene box to examine the lunch that has been bought for him without his consent, um, he sees a big old pile of fries. And those fries look pretty good, pretty thick, yeah, cut, dark brown, crunchy, good-looking fries. And he just discarded them. Yeah, dismissed them out of hand. These um, city types, and his his family's a potato farmer. That's why he doesn't like fries. It's a rich tapestry. Oh, has a fish joke, uh, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> it was like because it was like the uh, they were trying to find what's the name Car- carcass. Carcass mm. is the name of the the. the Big bad guy. Yeah, this. yeah. By the way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we, we didn't tell you because it actually doesn't matter. It really um, doesn't matter. <laughs> and then they find um, they find carcass, which is a, a carcass, which is a uh, um, a fishing business. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Earl starts cracking. He's like, I know, I know. It's all these dad jokes, and he's like, carcass bait and tackle to be precise. And what did you say? Bait and tackle. Yeah, I know the possibilities, and there's something fishy going on. Classic beans. No, 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 no. <laughs> and that, I, didn't even I genuinely laughed that. at that bit. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, speaking of Earl saying fairly amusing things, there's a bit where he's at the bar, like. And I'm lucky because I own a liquor store. But what am I doing here? I don't mean that existentially. I mean that literally. I could be drinking for free, or at least wholesale. <laughs> <laughs> at least wholesale Earl? is good. Earl's character seemed like he was in a different movie, you know? Like yeah. There was another movie going on that he was just happened to walk into this one in between scenes. A lot of characters felt that way. Like, I don't know what movie art gallery lady thought she was in, but I wanted to see that instead. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Julie's death. So the death scene where the, uh, they put the, um, they put it through the IV. Like, so when the, mm. the, the, the that lady dies, um, yeah. The actual the the construction of that scene was really good. Like the some of the the cuts in there were really good. The acting in that scene was not mm. good, but yeah, like the <laughs> it, the way it it, it was yeah. synced with music and stuff that was really good. Yeah, I had that. It was an intense moment, and like the TV is blaring and it's causing like an extra added element of stress in the room. And yeah, it's, and it's unsettling with, and unpleasant. And with subtitles, like I can't remember what it said now, but the, the, whatever was on the TV was like really connected to what. Was happening, yeah, so it was yeah. good. Yeah, it was good. Um, when Aowen is singing in the um bar, and uh, he's checking her out, Earl Exposition Earl 
does a fairly big bit of acting, but nevertheless unspoken, which I appreciated, noticing that his friend yeah. is into her and like sees him and then like does a double take and it's a big it's it's a big expression, a big moment within the film, but nevertheless the fact that he didn't immediately comment on it was nice. A little bit of visual story storytelling mm. always never goes amiss in a movie that's dialogue heavy. Just on that um facial expression and a big moment i didn't i did make this isn't necessarily a quick fire or a good thing but there <laughs> is um there's lots of close-ups in this film so many and, close-ups and, and i just imagine like imagined watching this on a big screen they would mm. be and they're not like it's not like a cool super close-up of an eye it's just kind of like a just the head you know yeah. like this much yeah. of the head and, yeah and, exactly and, and there's lots of them like there's lots shaving of off the head and the top the, the top of the head and yeah. the chin very weird yeah um yeah. hemsworth wrecking the diner um i oh, thought yeah. it was hilarious um <laughs> hemsworth in general i kind of like he just was this seething ball of energy he's like a spring ready to go off the whole time i actually thought i actually thought him playing a angry drunken yeah ex-military guy was 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 pretty good <laughs> I drink someplace else he's a fag bar over on the west side whoa dude no need to say shit like that shut your mouth though no this place obviously means more to you than it does to me why don't you get the fuck out of here all right take it outside come on marty again just so much better stories going on around this boring accountant guy <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I imagine that the story of Chris Hemsworth and um, mm. uh, Russell, Kurt, uh, Russell Kurt Russell would have been yeah. um, a much better film. Absolutely. Um, I like the idea that he inherited his predecessor's coffee mug, and early on it's brought up you know, in a very lampshady kind of way in a moment that didn't really justify it because it's brought up as like a gag, but also feels like a dig. I can't remember what it says on the cup. It's something like, God loves this woman or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the idea that he inherits that mug and then after she's died, you know, he's drinking from it and he, he has a moment where he looks at it and remembers her that, you know, he's drinking from her mug when she had this job. And it was a nice little moment of connection there between the two that I quite liked. I did miss that. Um, mm. I, I liked the potato montage. Um, <laughs> I don't think I liked yeah. it for its construction or it's good acting or anything, but I liked it. I, I enjoyed that, they, you know, he yeah. went and got to work and did 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 the real man's work and yeah. all that all that toffee pencil pushing stuff yeah he um, comes and he pulls his shirt off and it's like yeah. ripped underneath he does, does the whole day in his like <laughs> business pants and business shoes <laughs> god bless him um, and I, I i did like that you know the, I, yeah it wasn't necessarily good but i liked it no it was good yeah it's a good thing absolutely um okay the character i didn't name chris pine is that the helmsworth the brother yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's got, a Hemsworth. He's got beautiful eyes. He, he has does have big, beautiful eyes, bright yeah. blue, clear eyes that just look to a future that he can imagine, but doesn't know how to reach. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Yeah, that's that's um. He 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 sort of his his first scene where he bumps into his brother. I actually really yeah. liked. He was so pissed off with him, he and then was he was so like. Angry. Nice mug, you know, like paid him out yeah. as well, like just classic <laughs> Big Brother stuff. Um, um, and then, like as he was walking away, like angry on the phone, he's like, "Yeah, I fucking found him." He's super angry. I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, excellent. Um, okay, at one stage in the movie, a tongue is delivered to the farm, and oh yeah, 
uh, what I really liked is that the guy, one of the guys is like, Is that a tongue? Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Where's dad? Is that like an actual tongue? Whose tongue is that? It's a really crap line for him to have, which I like. <laughs> but whose tongue was that? Was it the art gallery woman? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea exactly. of that. You'd be sent oh. a tongue in order to like, this oh. is a warning. And then they're just like, whose is this? No, no, no. There's a line. Oh. Um, they When they find out about Earl, hmm. and it's on the screen, and Hemsworth smashes up the place. Um, yes. <laughs> Turn the fucking TV off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I love that. Someone <laughs> else says, good. what's going on in this town? There was an OD last night. Yeah, I heard she chewed off her tongue. Oh, there you it's go. Like, so it was art gallery lady. I yeah. didn't hear that one line that explained what happened well, to one of the I may, more prominent I may not characters. have heard it either. I, I watch everything on with subtitles now because I have a small child in my house. So, um, <laughs> good idea. I didn't make that connection until just then. Yeah, very um, good. It's very. It's <laughs> such a complex story. You know, you really got to watch it. A few <laughs> it's got times. so many layers. So many layers. <laughs> I am out of good things. Okay, I have a last one, which is at the very end of the movie. This is so funny. It belongs in a, a, a parody movie. The heroic music is swelling. Everything's worked out. Our young guy, he's got his crypto farm. Everything's going to be fine now. And he's going off and Kurt Russell sat on the porch. And even though the two brothers are together, we concentrate on Kurt Russell for our final swelling piece of music. And he has a newspaper next to him. And the newspaper says, as its headline, that doesn't even take up the entire boundaries of the headline. Big news at bank. <laughs> <laughs> Big news at bank. Excellent. <laughs> so Excellent. good. I could see that on the front of the Financial Times. <laughs> Big news at bank. Cool. Big news at bank. Cool. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, directors of this. That was that was actually in general. There were quite a like. In general, the shots in this film were pretty good. Mm. Like some yeah. of the. Yeah, you know, they really benefited benefited from the uh, the invention of um, drones. You know, like so. There's lots of cool drone shots and oh yeah, God, and aerial yeah. shots. But but even that that one where he's like that you were just talking about, where where yeah. Russell's up on the thing. That's it's a good shot. Like there was it a, is. That, mm. Cinematography's not bad. It's not shot flatly or boringly. It's a little bit uh, the same thing, same approach to every kind of shot, regardless yeah. of what's happening. But I think it's, that's why there's so many close-ups because they're yes. like, yeah, we'll just do a close-up. We'll do a close-up. <laughs> it's dramatic. You know, yeah. there's there's good demonstration of cinematic technique here, even if there isn't the necessary understanding of what the impact of that technique is when you use it. Yeah. But still, yeah, it was it was an attractive film. Like There were times when I just sort of caught myself, you know, watching it in all of its HD glory on Prime. Yeah. You know? And it, that is benefited from the fact that an awful lot of our, the movies we watch are sort of grungy nonsense from the 70s. But yeah. Yeah, I appreciated the clarity of image and the boldness the, of cinematography here. The aerial shots of the um, potato harvester were particularly mm. cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, Elba's run off these potato farms, man. So, ah, <laughs> uh, well, I think that's just about going to do it. Nothing from the OG team. So, if had yeah. that, <laughs> I guess this film that's, is underseen. Um, I'm just going to say that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Um, Not even a single the fact that we've bro. been able to talk for an hour about this film uh, It's pretty impressive We've almost gone for as long as a film And that's amazing <laughs> That's actually true 
There's <laughs> no God. substance in that film whatsoever. <laughs> well, tell you what. Do you have any particular one better thing? The one better thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was really sort of torn on this, and so I was like, mm. "Am I going down the the auditor bank movie mm. route, or am I going down the crime route?" Um, Curious about both. So I don't know. If you're interested in how you can have finance be interesting, mm. um, The Big Short is yes. probably. A good film for that because yep. that's. I thought about that during this and how we could do with a big short, but about crypto, about yeah. Yeah, like that's that that sort of makes a really complex um, mm. monetary banking issue that affected the world really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're with looking for a coherent for... moral as well, a coherent sense of like moral identity, which is hey, yeah. this thing was bad. Yeah, and 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 if you're if you're a younger person and you weren't, you know, mm. in, you didn't impact you. It's a good way to learn about why oh our world is the way it is and what it, what a financial crisis is like, and what you know <laughs> what greed can do and why you yeah, should um, be careful of people that want to sell weird stocks. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And then if you're looking for just straight crime in in this sort of manner i would probably go like a any scorsese film any um uh guy ritchie film is mm. a more interesting crime oh yeah film. no absolutely um i can have a go at uh, both in fact because i'm going to talk about azor it's a film from oh. 2021 um a very good film it's one of my favorite films of that year uh, directed by andreas fontana and is a argentine swiss french production and it is about a banker from Geneva who goes to Argentina uh, where they are having a... There is a dictatorship going on that is uh, somewhat precarious and trying to fight for power amongst various crime syndicates. And he is a banker who is going out to replace his partner who has... Uh, his predecessor, rather, who has disappeared amidst some rather concerning rumours about his activities. So, yeah, it's just a really interesting and compelling film about this really complicated and difficult financial situation. It's really tense. It's really well directed. It manages to make finance really compelling. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. And also in terms of like really talky political thrillers, I recently caught up on the Warwicker series of BBC films uh, in which Bill Nighy played a former MI5 analyst called Johnny Warwicker. And there were three movies made in the early 10s, um, Page 8, Turks and Kaikos, and uh, Salting the Battlefield, and it's the middle one, Turks and Kaikos, uh, that I thought was the best of them, and that is, yeah, just about an MI5 agent who bumps into Christopher Walken. These things are all really high-profile casts as well. Uh, this yeah, one right. had Bill Nighy, Helena Bonham Carter, Ray Fiennes, Ewan Bremner, um, yeah, Christopher Walken, Winona Ryder. Very good cast. Um, yeah, and it's just a finance kind of thriller, but um, yeah, in, just entirely driven by dialogue and yet has this really intoxicating atmosphere that makes it interesting and absorbing, which is what this needed. <laughs> yeah, it needed to be interesting and absorbing. Yeah, and a bit of style, a bit of class. It made for a much better film. Absolutely. Ah, and that was the one better thing. The one better thing. So, Stuart, how can people find out about you and your works and deeds? Uh, yeah, so I've got a website, which is stuartwalkinson.com, and I'm on Twitter as Stuart Writes, um, and I write uh, fiction and 
short, uh, sorry, and tabletop RPGs. Just finished a Kickstarter actually for a reprinting of a, of a solo RPG called Wretched Wasteland. And uh, yeah, you can find me there. Come and hit me up. I talk about movies. I talk about games. I talk about writing. Fantastic. Absolutely do that. Yeah. And uh, then once you finish doing that, you can find out more about OGT by typing in OGT pod into almost any piece of electronic equipment you can lay your hands on. And that'll get you everything you need without having to go past all of the actual one good thing SEO, which is stolen by that woman, Jilly, who runs some sort of gardening program under that name. And uh, yeah, it makes it necessary for us to publicize OGT pod instead. And don't let Google correct it to git pod, whatever that is. So we're a nightmare. We're a nightmare to find out about but well worth the effort, I think. So <laughs> go and do that. And also listen to Quest Fantastic, the um, RPG podcast that we do. Um, and then also Jen and the Film Critic, uh, which is a film criticism podcast that we run on Screen Mayhem. Uh, yeah, that'll do. I'm Paul Salt. Oh, and I'm Stuart. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Very early here. And remember, the one good thing about crypto is that... It's cute. it's a pretty movie, but quite dumb. It's cute but dumb, like me. <laughs> <laughs>